0: Most people don't want to sell because they don't want to be pushy and sleazy. But it's not something that you should worry about or the average person should worry about because unless you're selling without a process, then you're not going to get sleazy. If you don't have a process, eventually desperation is going to kick in because you're doing every single thing you can within your power to make sure that the deal clicks because obviously you need the money. And when desperation kicks in, people feel that you're being insincere And then that's when you start getting a reputation for uh, being sleazy. And that's when everything starts um, feeling uncomfortable and sleazy. So that's one of the reasons why you should have a process or some sort of framework or philosophy that guides the sales process, because once you have that, then so long as you know that you're following the process, what the steps dictate and what the simple rules or um, principles are, then you shouldn't be in any problem and there is no danger that um, you can run into being pushy and sleazy and inconsiderate. Now, let's look at a case study. Recently, a, an insurance professional was speaking to one of my um, aunties. So now let's um, run through um, how everything panned out. She's currently on a plan that pays a monthly amount. Now, forgive me for not using the technical terms because I don't know much about the insurance industry. I mean, beyond what we were taught in school, Uh, You know, the whole thing about um, annuities and uh, payments and lump sums and um, all that. So yes, I was taught the basic thing about insurance just like the rest of you, but um, she used the technical terms when she was uh, telling me about all this. But um, to keep things nice and smooth, I'll avoid all the technical terms and we'll just stick to the gist of the story. So her current plan that she's um, currently on, because she's with another insurance provider, it pays a monthly sum. Um, especially now that she's in retirement, she's getting a sum. And with the current plan, there's going to be another lump sum that will be paid to her five children when um, she dies. So I think what she's receiving now, I think technically it's called an annuity, I think. But anyway, don't take my word on it because it's been a while since I had this conversation with my um, aunt. So that's the idea. She's receiving a lump sum, sorry, she's receiving a sum monthly and she's going to continue receiving it until the day of her death. And when she dies some money is going to be paid to her five children as part of their inheritance or part of her legacy or whatever it is that we want to call it. Now, this insurance um, professional from another company is speaking to her and he's trying to get her to switch to his own company. And basically, this is his pitch. If you come over to my own company, we'll guarantee this amount of money that this company is paying you and we're going to give you even more than that. But if you live beyond another 10 years, then we won't give your five children anything. But you're going to get this increased amount over what these people are paying you until the day that you die. Now, my aunt's response, she asked a couple of questions. She wanted to be sure she understood correctly. And she agreed to do the math with the young man. And it came up to less than an extra 100K. So she's receiving an amount from her current supplier, let's say that amount is X, and these people have offered to pay a little bit more, but it's not up to a hundred K to that amount X that she's receiving. And the deal is you get this higher amount until the day you die. And after you die, your five children receive nothing. So my aunt did it, did the math with this guy. And her own estimation, First off, the amount of money that she's going to receive um, is not even huge. And apart from that, she is much more interested in how much money she can leave to her five children. Because, you know, she's Nigerian. Um, for those of you who are listening to the podcast for the first time, I'm Nigerian. And so that's part of the um, cultural context uh, behind it. Because I know that for those of you in um, Western climes, you know, Americans, people in the UK, you guys do this math in a heartbeat and um it's not a problem for you guys like oh okay yeah i can take the higher amount um no problem Uh and i mean you guys just do that math in a hobby. but in this part of the world burials can be very expensive more expensive than weddings and people are still concerned about the sense of legacy that they leave behind to a children to their children I'm not, not to say that uh, you guys in the West are not concerned about legacies, but I'm just saying some of the things that um, we hear over here, you know, like uh, Bill Gates, uh, who else, uh, Warren Buffett and other prominent members of the business community saying that, oh, I'm going to give away all my money when I die and nothing should go to my kids and blah, 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 blah. It's noble and it's nice. But in this part of the world, it just sounds like fancy thinking because for most people, The reason why they want to be a billionaire is precisely so that when they pass on, they can leave the billions to their kids. But anyway, um, let me not get um, involved in that discussion. That's beyond the purview of this uh, podcast. And um, yeah, I'm not pinching my tent, neither here nor there. But bottom line is, Maya is much more concerned about the legacy and what she's leaving behind uh, than the um, extra amount of money that she's going to get. Now, what was this um, insurance professional's response? Basically, he's been begging her. And hounding her, please switch to my own company. Now, in this case, my has figured out, and I'm sure you guys have too, that this dude is only after his commission, um, after his salary, or however it is that he gets compensated every time he brings in a new um, customer. It's also clear that he doesn't have a thought-out process or framework because he has started the conversation, but he has no clear idea about when to stop the conversation. That's a good um, protection uh, and a good yardstick that the sales process is going to give us. It only tells us who are we talking to, when should we start the conversation, but when should we stop? Because it's when we don't know or when we go beyond that point where um, ordinarily we should have stopped that we start getting a reputation for being sleazy, for being pushy, for being uh, inconsiderate, for being scammy, uh, for being um, inhuman or... um, whatever uh, the term or the context is so now let's look at what a traditional process or traditional framework would look like number one you look for people to talk to then number two you'd make sure that you're talking to the right kind of customer because if you look for people to talk to but you're talking to the wrong kind of person it doesn't matter you're not going to be able to make progress the third thing would be to make sure that they have a problem that you can solve and then after that you would have to make sure that you have the right inventory, the right features, the right package, the right whatever that can solve the problem. Because if you figure out what the problem is, but you can't solve it, then you guys can make progress. Number five would be you'd ask questions about how bad the problem is or what the vision it is that they are trying uh, to build. That's because you want them to get the implication of what it is that you're proposing. Like in this case, if my auntie was severely cash crunched, Um, You would ask questions about how bad the cash crunch is and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, if that was her main problem, it is then you'd be able to make that pitch that, you know what, this is a better package because you're going to get an extra 100K or an extra 90K per month or whatever. Then you also show how your products or services can meet that vision or can solve these problems. Step seven will be to get them to commit to taking the next step to start this business relationship. And in this case, that will be, okay, uh, madam, so, 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 and so. Since we're in agreement, the next step to switching uh, switching your insurance carrier is for you to, um, uh, okay, well, I don't know what the process is. So let me just make something up. Um, insurance professionals listening to the show, please don't get upset. I don't know how it works. I'm just making something up. So the next step would be for you to write a letter to your pension fund administrator, notifying them that you have switched insurance package from insurance company A to insurance company B. So let's just assume that that's how it's done. So, the next step will be to get um, the potential customer, my aunt in this case, to take that next step. Write the letter to your PFA, to your pension fund administrator. So, I remember I made that up. I don't know if that's how this works. Then the next thing will be to get testimonials. So, like, oh, uh, Madam so and so, have I been able to solve your problem? Are you happy with the extra 100K that you're receiving? If you are, Um, Are there any of your friends, your classmates, your family members, your associates uh, who could use an extra 100k a month? Um, If you know any, please uh, let me know. Can I have their phone number? And that's the whole idea. Get testimonials, get repeat business, get referrals. And then most importantly, in the traditional way of looking at these things, if the deal falls apart, what you're supposed to do is to move on send them to someone else who can solve their problem and then take a percentage that's the traditional way of looking at it i can't help this person but i know that chukudi can help this person you call up chukudi and say hey chukudi alpha how are you doing i'm speaking to this person this is what this person wants this is not the kind of thing i do i know that you can do it so let me send you to them and i beg when this deal closes just give me 10%, you know, send me, you know, 100K, send me 10K, send me, you know, whatever it is that 10% is. So that's a traditional way of looking at it. I'm not recommending that that is what you do, you know, the whole thing of um, getting a percentage, but at the very least, old school sales um, systems recommend that, okay, this thing has fallen apart. It's not the right person. There's no agreement on terms. Um, What else? There's no match, like, there's no way this thing is going to work move on. Take the person off your list and stop reaching out because if you reach out it's going to feel like you're pestering them because they're not the right person to talk to. You're not able to solve the problem. I mean on all the important things there is no match. So for a traditional sales process once you have gotten to this point this is where you take the person off your list and the whole point of taking the person off your list and stop communicating with them is so that you can start looking for someone else who is the right person to talk to. Because we've run through a number of steps right now. I've lost count. Uh, I've lost count from, you know, when I started at step one. So, you know, whether it's, you know, 10 steps or 15 steps or whatever it is, we've run through all the steps. And if we start from step one and we get to step 15, and there's no agreement on the essential points, then move on. There is no reason to keep on keeping in touch. So if you go beyond this uh, simple framework, frameworks like this, or this simple process, uh, then you're going to be thought of as being sleazy, manipulative, inconsiderate, unethical, insincere, and on and on and on. Now, if you notice, sorry, forgive me for sniffling, I still have the um, cold. For those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that I've been battling this code, but it's still here, getting better, but it's still here. So if you notice, uh, this traditional um, process or this traditional framework is built around the potentials customers wants and what their needs are so if you're focusing on what their wants and what their needs are and you stick to the process and you get off the process when you're supposed to nobody's going to think you're sleazy manipulative in- inconsiderate unethical insincere scammy pushy uh inhuman wicked you know and on and on and on so if this fellow had gotten to the end of the process and my aunt said oh okay i agree It makes sense, but I'm much more concerned about the legacy, what I leave behind. What he should have done was to go back to his manager and say, uh, Sir or Madam, this is what I discussed with this lady. She's much more concerned about the legacy. Is there any package that we have that is heavier on the legacy end? And then you take that and then go back to the woman. You say, oh, you know what? We've got another package, and I think it's better than what you're receiving. Instead of it being bigger on the annuity side, how much you're receiving now, it is going to be bigger on the end side, on the legacy side, how much the lump sum that your five children are going to receive, <coughs> excuse me, that your five children are going to receive when um, you die. And who knows? My aunt would have been, might have been more interested and in said, oh, okay, with these old people, what they're guaranteeing is that for my five kids, they're going to receive 2M. Uh, so that 2M, that's uh, what? Well, that's 400K each. But what you guys are offering is 6M when I die. And so for my five kids, that will be how much? Okay, I'm not good at math. Let me not disgrace myself live on air right now. So basically, if she looks at it and she says, oh, okay, these old people are going to give me 4M. You guys are going to give me 6M to be shared amongst my five children when I die. And maybe I might sign up with you guys. In fact, depending on how important the legacy is to the person. The person might even say, you know what, you guys are paying me 10K less a month in annuity. That's the money that I'm receiving any month. But you're now paying 6M when I die. Some people might, some, some people might even say, you know what, how much money do I need? I'm old anyway. I'm in good health. So let me take this deal. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let me take this deal. I'll have 10K less a month. But my, when I die, my five children are going to get 6 million. I'm going to get 6M. Uh, cool and clean. So that should have been the process that this young man um, should have followed. And that is the reason why we should have a process, a framework, a philosophy, guiding how we get into sales relationships and initiate sales conversations. Because it tells us not only when to start, who to talk to, how to guide the conversation. It also tells us when to stop because we can't keep pestering people in perpetuity the same for those of us in the wedding and the event space. Wedding photographer, if they have paid the deposit to this other person, like really, why are you still why are you still pestering? Why are you still pestering them for? They paid the deposit to the other person, you lost, uh you lost that on the deal, the other person covered the wedding. Um let's see what else. I mean if you're not following up because you think you can still get extra uh, because you, there are other opportunities um, concerning, um, you know, um, what's it called? The baby shoot and then things like that. Um, at some point, it just it just looks like you're coming across as a pest. You have to know when to fold, when to let it go. And a sales process, a sales, a sales framework, a sales philosophy is going to guide you through that. So photographers, event planners, you know, this is the reason why we need to come up with a simple framework. So we know when to start, who to talk to, and then when to stop. Now what was the end result this guy got blocked and most importantly my aunt is not going to refer or mention him to any of our friends to any of our classmates in retirement and you know how these things are you know um our folks they grow old they retire they start taking all these things seriously um old boys associations like i'm running to lots of um old boys uh from greg's because my secondary school was in st gregory's college or Day. Or rather, Southwest Decoy, as we used to say back in the day. So I went to St. Gregory's College, Southwest Decoy. I run into um, uh, uh, older, um, old boys, you know, people in their 60s and their 70s. You know, you go for meetings, and these are some of the conversations that they're having oh, my pension is my PFA is with this, my insurance is with that, this is what they're doing, this is my package. Like, oh, is this what you're receiving? No, do this instead. They have this medical coverage, they have this package, they have that package. You know, these are those conversations that those guys are getting into. Because if you feel like you have a sweet deal, you want your guys and your girls to have a sweet deal as well. But if you keep pushing things like this guy was pushing, you get blocked and is talking about you. Are those association uh, meetings uh, so like if st gregory's old boys and old girls because um, i think i heard that before was it the 50s or before the 60s we used to have old girls so even though um, my school was an old boys school um, there's a meeting in one of the abuja chapters where we do have um, one female because she was she went to greg's when uh, greg's was um, mixed so the old boys and the old girls i'm going to be talking about jews Handing out your phone numbers or your flyers and talking about your um, packages. So for the rest of us who haven't been blocked yet, don't worry about being pushy. Just come up with a process, follow the process and you should be fine. But remember, the process isn't just about who we should be talking to and how we should handle the conversation. They should also clearly say when it is that we should get off. And the whole point of getting off is so that we stop pestering people. We don't come across as a pest and then um, it also gives us um, the emotional uh, freedom to go ahead and start looking for someone else to talk to who is be the right person there's no point in calling in this case the old woman who has said she's not interested you're still calling her for a year just let her go and start calling other people because all the time that you're wasting calling her and other people who said last year that i'm not doing i'm not interested so much emotional baggage on your own part just Free your mind, free them, and uh, let go of the opportunity. Start looking for someone else to talk to. So thank you very much for listening to today's recording. I'll catch you guys at the next episode.